This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And today we are talking schedule release. And Perry, I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite times in the off season, right before training camp, because this is when I start to hyper plan what games I'm going to and start to make arrangements to be at or very near Lambeau Field. I'm excited because I think that I'm finally going to get to go up this year to see a real game. It would be nice if that for my first came at Lambeau had Aaron Rodgers playing under center. Uh, but who knows? That's not what we're talking about today though. Well, but maybe we should quickly discuss the Packers made the signing of like Bortles official um, make of that what you will. I personally think that has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. You know, we thought they would bring in a vet regardless. So whether he's backing up Aaron, whether he's backing up Jordan Love or whether he's a camp arm, which is very likely, you know, Blake Bortles is now a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where this term like camp arm came from. <laughs> the Packers always have three to four quarterbacks uh, on the roster, whether it's practice squad or you know, last year Jordan Love was inactive and it was just Tim Boyle and Rogers active for games. But we have talked about this before that it makes sense to bring in a veteran backup. Bortles knows Hackett. He knows the scheme. Not to mention Bortles has actually played in the playoffs before. I've seen a lot of conversations around his relationship to Hackett and also his like, you know, Ram scheme, et cetera. But like, more importantly to me, he's a good vet with good experience that no matter what happens with Aaron Rodgers will be incredibly useful in that room. Um, and I think you and your article talked about, again, no matter what happens with Rodgers, but especially if he's back, just having a nice kind of like buffer quarterback there would probably be a good idea. And I, I think Bortles is the perfect one. Fits the bill. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... It's hard to read into the schedule because the Packers obviously have a huge market anyway, but I saw a lot on Twitter about how, you know, given the max number of primetime games that were allotted to the Packers, all of the 325, 330, kind of those primetime evening games, even if they aren't night games, the speculation, of course, now is that this has to be for Aaron Rodgers because why would you put Jordan Love in so many primetime games? I personally think this has nothing to do with who's under center. I think the Packers are just a perennial playoff team. And there's a lot of really interesting matchups on this schedule. Yeah, the Packers are usually in at least, I want to say, four primetime games a season. Um, and maybe the schedulers took into account Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they didn't. But I think either way, it was going to happen anyway. The Packers always garner a huge audience, especially in those big games. 
Yeah, so kind of, I mean, I think the first jarring aspect of this is the fact that there's a 17-game season. You know, there's been jokes about Matt LaFleur being 13-3, and and now obviously something has to give. Um, We don't have to discuss the 17th game, like, ad nauseum, but I I do kind of want to hear your thoughts on it, because I was shocked when the 17th game passed. I really liked the 16 game. I kind of liked that you could finish 8-8 and and have, like, a really average season so to me the 17th game really makes for an interesting dynamic as far as playoff seeding and kind of winning that extra game to put you over the hump I mean the 17 17th game makes everything feel very uneven to me yeah Um, I think there's two things here one is I'm never going to complain about more football Um, I I'm more than happy to have a longer season but there are repercussions to this both scheduling like we've seen you know the Packers have their last regular season game on January 9th that's usually wild card weekend so everything's being pushed out even further um and same with wear and tear on the body like the Packers have a week 13 by in 2021 normally that would feel really late but at the same time you know if they're making a playoff push and they have an extra game week 18 then a week 13 by doesn't feel as late or make the season, the first half of the season feels long because it actually kind of breaks up the season, like kind of right in half. So it changes the way you view the buy and it changes the way players have to prepare for the season. Yeah. So I know we're kind of jumping right into the middle of that, but one of the things I did notice about this bye week that I thought was interesting is the Packers have a 325 game at Lambeau Field, then they have their bye, and then they have a Sunday night game at Lambeau Field. So this feels like the first time in a long time that the Packers have two home games sandwiching the bye. Normally it feels like they have, you know, a a trip to the West Coast or something, and it always is like a struggle to come out of the bye and actually stay hot. So I thought that that was really interesting, especially if we're talking about later games or, you know, potentially snowy inclement weather at Lambeau Field, having a late buy, I think, can be really useful for them. Like you said, especially if they're kind of primed for a playoff push. Yeah, I wonder if the schedulers, they definitely didn't, but saw, you know, what's happened to the Packers after the buy the last couple of years and just thought, yeah, maybe we'll give them a home game after this. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting that they won't have to travel. I think that home by home um, gives them a lot of rest, a lot more rest than they normally would have, which again, you know, you're going into week 14 to 18 and then hopefully the playoffs, every rest day matters. Every non-travel day matters um, to this team. And I think, you know, to piggyback off of that, not to mention the last month in general is at home for the most part, the Packers play, four of their last six games at home and we've seen what the home field Lambeau advantage does for them late November into December and I guess now January which is when the regular season goes into now Um, and those those end up being not just meaningful games but then tip the scales in favor of the Packers when they're home at at potentially snowy Lambeau. Yeah and that I mean, I talked about this a little bit on Pack-A-Day yesterday, but one of the things that I thought was kind of the most interesting about this schedule was all the primetime games feel like they're against division rivals. Every NFC North opponent is in primetime this year. You've got the Lions as early as week two for the Lambeau opener. Um, In Monday Night Football, you've got 
the Bears coming off that bye week on Sunday night football. And then you've got the Vikings again, week 17 at Lambeau, Sunday night football. So it's not going to matter in week two, obviously. Wisconsin, surprisingly, has decent weather in September. But when it comes to, you know, December and January, 720 is going to hit like a truck. It's going to be so cold and windy and snowy and dark. And you're not even going to have like the little bit of sunlight that you normally have in your noon games in December to kind of warm you up. So it's going to be tough that last stretch to kind of get through some of those really dark, dreary primetime games. Dark and dreary and primetime game is just not at all <laughs> what we expect to, to hear in the same sentence. Um, yeah, I think the choice of primetime game, like you mentioned, is interesting to me. The um, you know nighttime game against the Cardinals, okay, fair. NFC rival, you know, the NFC West is a great division. Um, I'm surprised a little bit that the Chiefs game isn't a primetime game. I yeah. guess maybe that could be flexed depending on who's under center for the Packers. Like that to me feels like a game that could end up getting flexed out to Sunday night football. Um, because again, by week nine, who knows what this season is going to look like. Um, the Bears, I don't mind. I feel like the Bears-Packers is just such a historic rivalry that, you know. They really I, always play in primetime. Yeah, exactly. Anyone can enjoy that kind of primetime game. And I guess it's become the same with the Vikings as well late in the season. But some of these later in the season, second half primetime games, I always kind of have an asterisk or take with a grain of salt, just knowing that they could change it or move times um, depending on any other matchups that feel like they'll get more ratings. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like I I'm with you, I would have thought maybe the saints would have been a primetime game. I guess not though, since Drew Brees has retired, obviously if it was Rogers and Brees, it would have been a little bit more impactful not knowing who the saints quarterback is yet at this point either, I think makes it really interesting, but you know, the Packers again, starting on the road, Um, I think the Packers website said that this was like the third straight year that the Packers have started with an away game. And then again, opening at home against a division opponent, Lions come into Lambeau. So there's just, there's a lot of really interesting kind of back and forths with the schedule. Um, I kind of like that there isn't really a ton of travel. It doesn't really feel like, you know, last year they had kind of those road stretches where they were on short weeks and they'd have really long distances playing the AFC North kind of has its benefits because you're staying mostly in the Midwest, but the, it, I do think it really is a tough draw as far as schedule. When you look at the AFC North and the NFC West, those are two of the best divisions in football right now. And we knew that was coming obviously, but seeing the way the schedule shook out, I think maybe those stretches could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that there's, I mean, I know that there were, was talks about, you know, there's a stretch in the middle of the season, I think from week five to week 10 where the Packers are on the road more often than they're not. But I agree with you. Like there aren't any short schedules with road games. It's, it's somewhat reasonable. It's just hard to not to bring this back to Aaron Rodgers, but I think usually we would do this episode and kind of look at each team and, and think about what this is going to mean for the Packers or what kind of opponent this is going to be, or, how difficult is this matchup going to be? And it's almost nearly impossible for us to even project that far ahead um, when we have no way, no idea who's going to be starting for the Green Bay Packers. And even some of the other quarterbacks involved, you know, is when the Packers play San Francisco, are they going to be playing Jimmy Garoppolo or are they going to be playing Trey Lance? 
Um, who's going to be on our center for the Steelers? You know, is it going to be Big Ben? Is it going to be someone else? Um, same with Chicago. Is it going to be Andy Dalton or is it going to be Justin Fields? There's just still so much up in the air. So while it's awesome to know the schedule and understand, you know, where the Packers are going to be and for us fans to plan what games we want to go to, it feels almost nearly impossible for me to even conceptualize these games because there is just so much up in the air. Yeah. And I think if you look at the schedule too, there's 10, 10 of the 17 games. Well, I guess 10 of the teams, not necessarily counting the number of games were playoff teams. So as far as that's concerned, there's a lot of like really premier matchups, even if we don't know necessarily who will be under center in some of these games. Um, Jacob, you know, was joking on pack a day about how we know that I've circled the Packers Browns game on Christmas. And obviously we lived through the Brett Hundley to Sean Kaiser bowl. So, we have no necessarily like caliber of quality because we would go see the Packers and Browns play regardless. But this is really the first time that Mark is getting to see a really good Browns team in person. So I think that's kind of what makes this interesting too. We're seeing Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. That's going to be a really exciting game. Joe Burrow. There's just a lot of really young talent that I think will be exciting to kind of watch. We're seeing, we've talked about this in previous episodes, kind of this shift where the NFC almost feels like the old heads now at quarterback and you've got all the young guys in the AFC. So a lot of really fun matchups. Honestly, even I know Josh Allen probably won't play, but having a preseason game with the Bills, I would have loved for that to be at Lambeau because tailgating with Bills fans would just be absolutely incredible. It would be very fun. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because then this draft, um, a bunch of NFC teams drafted young quarterbacks, too. So in a couple of years, we might see it shift back towards the the NFC once the AFC quarterbacks are on their second or, you know, potentially third contracts. It's funny, the evolution, the way that it goes So looking at the schedule, then obviously we joked in the beginning of the show that you have your games that you circle on your calendar. You said you're going to try to get to at least one, if not multiple games, even if you aren't attending a certain game live, is there one that sticks out to you as like must see TV or the one that you're maybe the most excited about, whether it's a litmus test or just, you know, premier matchup, regardless of let's say who's playing quarterback for the Packers. Well, Anytime I see Kansas City on any schedule, you kind of have to circle that, right? Like, made it to back-to-back Super Bowls. It's Patrick Mahomes. The last Kansas City game, I know Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing, but that was one of the most electric games that I've seen from the Packers in a while, uh, especially with that amazing end zone touchdown from Jamal Williams. So I have my eye on that one. And um, I think I agree with you with some of these young quarterbacks, like Joe Burrow coming back off his ACL tear. I know that the Bengals aren't the most exciting team in the world, but you never know what they're going to look like in this season and what Joe Burrow is going to look like this year. So I kind of have that on my mind as well. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous for the first time of the gold package. Normally it feels like they don't get the best tickets. Um, as far as games, they always seem to get like a lion's game. And then last year or two years ago at this point, they had like the Broncos game that was torrential rain the whole time. So the gold package never has a ton of luck as far as the games they draw, but this year they got two really good ones. They have the Steelers and the Rams. So, I have a green package, but the Steelers game is one that I might try to get myself to without actually having tickets to that one because the Steelers fans notoriously travel almost as well, if not better than Packers fans. So to see a bunch of Steelers fans at Lambeau Field and kind of the mix of green and gold versus green and or gold and black, that's going to be a really fun dynamic. 
Will the Steelers always be some level of a rival because that was the Packers' most recent Super Bowl win? I think so. I think especially, well, as long as Big Ben is there, for sure, and Mike Tomlin, I think there's like an extra layer of maybe in like 20 years we won't think about it as much. But I do think that it's like you always talk about Super Bowl 45 when you talk about the Packers and the Steelers. Yeah. I personally would love to get to the San Francisco game. Um, I have wanted to go to that stadium for a while for, for whatever reason. It just looks awesome and beautiful. And I don't really want to miss out on a Shanahan, Matt LaFleur head to head. We've had one every year now. It feels almost inevitable at this point. Um, And the Packers 49ers are another one that you don't, it's a more recent rivalry, I guess. It's not one that you would think about as like the, you know, comparatively to the Chicago Bears or anything or a division rival. But the 49ers-Packers game has just become that game, right? It's prime time again this year. Everyone's going to talk about it. There's so many comparisons even going back to um, a couple of years ago. So I would love to be at that game, but also I looked at tickets and they're like $500. <laughs> well, and maybe this is just, you know, telling of how good the schedule is and how fresh it is. But I think it's interesting that we haven't even really talked about the Seahawks or the Rams because obviously they were two divisional round games in consecutive years. The Packers and the Seahawks obviously have quite a bit of history. The Rams have the Sean McVay angle. Aaron Donald, you know, there's a lot of storylines. They have Matthew Stafford now coming back to Lambeau Field. So that'll be a really fun matchup. But it just feels like you can go through these games one by one. And there's a really enticing storyline for every single game, whether it's who will be the quarterback, new free agent acquisitions, a really high draft pick, a new head coach. So this is one of, I think, to me personally, and maybe it's just because I've missed football, but looking at this schedule from top to bottom, it just feels like a really exciting season, but also a challenging one. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that Packers drew two of the most difficult divisions and feels like that happens a lot. Like, why don't we ever get the AFC East? Um, (laughs) Someone explain that to me or the NFC East even. Like, I I don't understand. Um, But again, I think when you you asked a question before that I, I didn't really answer and I will now, which is the litmus test thought, you know, if the Packers can have a winning season against the, these teams, like nothing is going to prepare them more for the playoffs. They're probably playing majority playoff bound or over 500 teams from last season anyway. So if you want to find some level of the silver lining, you know, if the Packers can, like I said, have a winning record against their opponents this season, that bodes well for me when it comes to, to playoff time. Yeah. And to me, I mean, I know we have a lot of players that are kind of either jumping into their second season. We're expecting to see Josiah DeGuara in a bigger role. AJ Dillon will obviously have a bigger role, but this year, we talked about in previous shows, this felt like a draft that was kind of addressing immediate needs. So you have Eric Stokes who likely will play, whether that's on the boundary or in the star role for Joe Barry. You've got Josh Myers who could come in and be a starting center, if not one of the starting guards. You've got Amari Rogers who we expect to be in the lineup as kind of a gadget guy for Matt LaFleur. So to me, you know, the Packers were one of the best teams in football last season and really should have gone to the Super Bowl if we want to, if we want to take the Packers fan bias out of it, like they were that good of a football team. So to me, I think this is going to be a really interesting test to see, like you were that confident in your team and they almost got there. Like, 
with the rest of the way that the NFL has shaken out and the teams that have lost players or made improvements, we obviously know the Packers have lost some players themselves. Like what will this season look like? And I really do think that the Packers will, you know, I you're making a face because right. Aaron Rodgers is a big piece of this, but if it's Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers, it is really hard to see them not making another really deep playoff push. I, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think that there will definitely be a game in here that will be very telling for what that playoff push will look like. There always is. Um, I'm surprised the schedulers didn't try to get a Bucks game in here just <laughs> to spite everybody um, because it's been a theme where kind of the worst loss of the Packers season ends up being a little bit of like their Achilles heel when it comes to playoff time. So I think with that pattern somewhat emerging, I'm, I'm looking at this schedule wondering, you know, who that team is going to be. And then if, and when some, you know, bad loss comes, just keeping an eye on that for, for playoff time, you hope that it's an AFC team so that they don't have to see that team again in the playoffs. Um, and it's totally possible that that could happen with any of these AFC teams on the schedule, but also hopefully it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, Jacob was talking about, you know, last year, I think Packers fans kind of started believing in the team after the Titans game. It was one of those, like, we'll know more about the Packers depending on how they perform. If it, if it's a close, hard fought battle, we'll feel good. The way that they won the Titans game so convincingly, I think is what made Packers fans feel so confident about the way that the team could make not just an appearance in the playoffs, but a deep push. So now if you look at the back half of the Packers schedule this year, you know, you've got three division games kind of crammed into the last five, which I don't really, I don't really love that. Yeah. But it does happen all the time, but you also have the Ravens and the Browns. And I think, you know, you just said AFC, we talked about the Titans I'm hoping that the Packers fans are excited on Christmas because I would love to have extra bragging rights in my household. But I think both of those teams are going to be very competitive playoff teams. And I think that that's a really good measuring stick game, even though, you know, like you said, you're there in the AFC. So you're glad you don't have to play them until an inevitable super super bowl. And I will say that I do think between Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt, we're going to see like 600 rushing yards on Christmas day at Lambeau field in the snow. Book it. That would be awesome. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and if you want to flip it around, right. And again, operating under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback on our center, the Packers could also be the ones going into any of these, you know, you expect both the NFC West and the AFC North to be a very tight division. Anyone it's anybody's game really who can win those divisions. And so a loss, especially with the NFC West to the Packers for any of these teams could mean a home field advantage during the playoffs or a wild card spot. And so the Packers also have somewhat of an interesting power dynamic here to influence the course of the playoff picture, at least for the NFC in these divisions, because I couldn't, I mean, sitting here today on May 13th, 2021, I couldn't really tell you who I think is going to win the NFC West. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, I mean, I know that's not really what this episode is about, but kind of like looking at the early schedule and kind of knowing where the rest of the NFL is shaken out. We talked about this. The NFC North had an exceptional draft. Every team made really solid draft selections. And I loved the Packers draft, but I would honestly put the Packers at fourth on, you know, as far as where the draft was concerned. I thought the Bears nailed it. I thought the Lions nailed it. And the Vikings 
made really good selections, even though I didn't love their draft class as much as the other team. So do you still think it's Green Bay's division or is there another team that might surprise? It all depends on Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, if Aaron Rodgers is back, yes. Uh, I think that there are growing pains when you have any young quarterback in, especially, you know, Justin Fields, they say he's not going to be the starter. I'm sure he will end up being starter growing pains with that Jared Goff in a new system. I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't, I will believe it when I see that the lines are good, right? We talk about them every off season as a team that, Oh, they had a great off season. They had a great draft. Look at everything that they did. And then they end up being the Lions and going six and 10. So I'll believe it when I see it. The Vikings are the contenders in my mind, um, just because they're the most consistent from last season, if you will. They're they're kind of building off of last season, and they beat the Packers pretty convincingly when they came to Lambeau in the second half of the season. So that's still, in my mind, the the real division rival. But again, who's on their center for the Packers is is the really deciding factor. Yeah. So we don't end on a downer because we're going to just assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback until he wins three more Super Bowls and rides off on a unicorn. I mean, not, not even like that extreme, just like, why would I operate under any other assumption? The Packers saying they're not going to trade him. Other people are now saying that it's a fixable situation. Yeah. Not in the off season programs yet where we see that he's holding out. Like we have no idea. So I'm going to operate that I'm going to operate under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back until I know otherwise. So that's kind of the lens that I'm looking through. No, I agree. And I mean, it just doesn't do anybody any good to speculate about a what if scenario and to get really upset or sad about an inevitable scenario where Rodgers isn't the quarterback. I'd rather worry about that in two to five years than worry about it this off season when the Packers were one game away from a Super Bowl appearance. And if Jordan Love is the quarterback on our center, then what a season to start him off, you know, and it, even if let's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pathways that that could go down. But I think if, if you're going to throw him into the fire, throw him into this fire and this schedule and see what he can do because nothing is going to give him better experience than going up against some of these teams. Yeah. And the Packers roster as a whole is probably the best that it will be for a couple seasons at this point, given what the cap situation is like. And, you know, all of the Packer fans crammed the stadium in the 70s and 80s. I was at multiple Brett Hundley games in 2017. So if Jordan Love is the quarterback in 2021, I will be as at just as many Packer games, and I know you will do the same. Yeah, and I think you know it's easy to forget because it has been 16 years, but Aaron Rodgers' first season as the starting quarterback, the Packers went six and ten. Like there's always growing pains as I mentioned with Justin Fields, like you have to apply that same logic with any other quarterback in their first season. So that's just my little caveat to fans to not like totally freak out. If Jordan love doesn't look like an MVP in his first season, if he plays this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you, but let's keep this one short. And before we wrap things up, if you, I mean, I know this is kind of meaningless at this point. If you had to guess right now, just schedule Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback 17 games. The Packers on 13 and three, the last two seasons, what does their record look like this year in a very, very tough AFC North NFC West draw? 
do I have to decide? No. I mean, uh, okay, so it's it's 17 games now, so I can't. What's 11 and 6? I like that. 11 and 6, 10 and 7, somewhere around there. See, because I like that, because then it's nice and safe, and then you're pleasantly surprised when, like, they're going to finish 14 and 3, and we're going to be like, oh, nice. And then it'll be more fun than saying they're going to go like 15 and two and then they finish, you know, nine and eight. So, all right, Perry, people should know this by now, but if they want to follow your work on social media, if they don't already, how can they do that? You can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein and follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I also write for Cheesehead TV. Perry and I both podcast with Pack a Day. And you can catch us at training camp. We will be there August 8th to 15th. We'll be there for the Texans preseason game. If you would like some Packs with Cheesehead merchandise, we just added baseball caps for the summer. I ordered mine. It's not here yet, but I'm excited about that. So thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Is back in town. The Green Bay Packers are one.